Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Let's get back to you, better you bet. Presented by Bet MGM on the Bet QL Network. Power Hour, final hour of the show. DJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller. You better you bet. Presented. By Ben MGM. Thanks again to Ben Wittenstein for joining us. You can follow Ben at uh, on Twitter X at Ben Wittenstein, NBA betting analyst for Stadium and live on the line. Had a lot of good stuff, as did Pat Boyle. Those guys talking some NBA and giving out some picks as well. But here in the Power Hour, we're going to turn our attention to Major League Baseball because pitchers and catchers have reported which means that spring training is almost here and opening day will be here before we know it as well. Mark, I want to get your thoughts on your hometown team because I look at the National Mm -hmm. League right now. I think it's a three-horse race. I know the Diamondbacks surprised everybody, made it to the World Series this past year. It certainly could happen again where like maybe the Reds or the Cubs or one of these teams that we don't see coming, maybe they go on a magical ride and make the World Series I really think it's either going to be the Dodgers, the Braves, or the Phillies. I think it's going to be one of those teams. As a Philadelphia fan, like, what can you tell us? Is Philadelphia confident, like, in the Phillies this year? Do you guys feel like you have the Braves number and the Dodgers always choke? Or do you feel like with the additions that the Dodgers have made, the Braves just being such a good team that they're finally due to get over the hump? Like, where are you on the Phillies heading into the season? We're excited. Obviously, the season ended you know, very disappointing. We thought we were going to be able to get by Arizona you know, in the playoffs. That didn't happen. But what they did this postseason, you know, almost the opposite of what we saw at the Dodgers, right? Dodgers go out, make all the headlines, make the big moves. The Phillies really kind of kept things in-house, you know, took care of the people they had to, NOLA, uh, you know, took care of him. So I, I think that I like what the Phillies done. I think they're going to be right there. The Braves – Obviously, the favorite for a reason to come out of the NL. But when you look at the Phillies lineup, you get another year of Bryce Harper. You got a Trey Turner in a full season now. He went through, you know, his ups and downs last year. Terrible start. Was able to turn things around right now. He's past that. So I think the lineup's going to be even more dynamic. You have Zach Wheeler. You can always count on him. So um, I, I like the pitching staff. I like where the Phillies are. I think it's going to come down to, you know, again, them and the Braves and, do the Dodgers, are they able to kind of hold up and get the job done with all this talent that they amassed? Are they going to be able to fit the pieces? You know, is the team going to be able to stay healthy, right? It's a lot of big names, but not a lot of chemistry and continuity, and we saw them fall short last year. If you were to bet one of the Phillies' position players to win NL MVP, would you rather take 
Trey Turner or Bryce Harper? Bryce, obviously, one of the best players in baseball. I mean, both guys are, but Bryce, certainly. Trey Turner, obviously, it was a slow start for him in Philly. It was tough the first mm-hmm. couple months, but then second half of the season, he took off. Do you think he carries that into this year? Would you bet him or so over Bryce for NL MVP? I think he really does, but I think it's hard not to bet Bryce when you're looking at those two players just because of the star power involved. Like when the Phillies win, Bryce Harper usually has a big hand in it and he usually gets the headline. So again, this is, you know, an award. Sometimes it's not always fair, you know what I mean? But I think if the Phillies are in a position to where, you know, they're being considered, one of their players is being considered with MVP, it's unless like Harper gets injured, like it's hard to see him not getting you know, the majority of the momentum, right? You know, like, I definitely think Turner's going to have a monster season. I think, you know, the struggles that he endured last year early in the season, he's past those. But, I mean, Bryce Harper is Bryce Harper. He's like the heart and soul of the team, right? When they win, it's always about Bryce Harper. So uh, he's going to be the MVP if it comes down to it. Yeah, Bryce right now 12 to 1 on BetMGM to win NL MVP. Trey Turner at 22 to 1. That price on Trey Turner, not too bad at all. I know our guy Jake Mm -hmm. Hassan was big on Trey Turner last year for NL MVP. Jake, I want to bring you in. Are you buying into Trey Turner this year? Would you make a bet on him for NL MVP? Yeah, it would have been really awesome if he could have done, you know, everything he did in the last two, three months for the whole season. That would have been really great. Would have really appreciated that. Sandwiched a whole lot of nothing in between the World Baseball Classic and that last stretch run. Really awesome. Thanks, Trey. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I still think this is good, though. Uh, At this price, this is something that I'm definitely interested in. Uh, I would like to see how the season starts maybe first for like a week or so, because if we're going to do that whole song and dance again, don't think I want to get involved in that. But obviously Bryce is going to get all of the attention and all of the hoopla, if you will. But I mean, Trey Turner's the guy that racks up the numbers. He could easily go. He could kind of do what Ronald Acuna did and do like a 30, 70 season, which would be insane. Uh, And then on top of that hit at the top of the lineup, hit for 300, blah, 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 but you know how it goes. So at better than 20 to one. Yeah. It's definitely something interested in. I think Corbin Carroll is going to continue to ascend as well. I think that's somebody who's super interesting and can continue to make a name for themselves. And he can make that type of jump as well. He could be somebody that goes 30, 30. So as far as that goes for people who we want to look at to try and beat, you know, all of the trio of Dodgers at the top, uh, it starts with those guys for sure. What about the big three in the National League, Jake? Like, if you were looking at the Dodgers, Braves, and Phillies, if I had to make a bet, I'm taking the Phillies at plus 700 just because they have the Braves number, and I don't trust the Dodgers, especially at that price. Like, if you had to make a bet on either of those three teams to win the National League, who would you take? I I hate to say it, but I think it's going to be the Braves. I, I think they're going to be a powerhouse again. I agree with you. It's just hard to trust the Dodgers right now, especially, I mean, great, you got Tyler Glasnow, and I'm a huge Tyler Glasnow guy. If he throws 100 innings, you'll take it, and he'll be thrilled with it. And then, yeah, I mean, we hope that Bobby Miller takes the next step, but is anyone really confident in that before we see it? So I have some questions about the Dodgers rotation going forward, uh, but obviously if it all comes together, they're going to win 100 
110 games and the lineup might just be so good that it it doesn't matter. But I mean, the Braves have one of, if not the best lineups in baseball, it's excellent. I think Spencer Strider is going to take a little bit of a step forward and he won't be as hamstrung by, you know, these huge meltdowns that we saw last year. And I still think that we're going to get something out of Max Freed. He was injured last year. If he can stay healthy, he's a guy who's going to be in the Cy Young race and he has been before. So I think that the Braves, there's still a little bit more of a ceiling to reach there that we haven't seen yet. Jake, we were talking with Kenny earlier and he, you know, was kind of going back and forth on the Cubs. Like, obviously the D-backs had a great run last year, made it all the way to the World Series. Do you see that happening this year in the NL? Like, do you see a case where maybe one of these teams we're not looking at, like gets past the Dodgers, Braves, or Phillies? Or are you pretty confident that one of those three teams are representing the National League? Yeah, I mean, as far as the Central itself goes, I'm focused there. I don't really love the Cubs because Cody, unless they bring Cody Bellinger back, if they bring him back, great. I, I think that the Cubs have a ton of upside for a lot of the reasons that Kenny brought up, especially those young guys that they have coming up. But for me, it's the Reds. The Reds surprised everyone last year, and we have no reason to believe that they're going to regress. They're going to have a full year of Nick Lodolo this year, too. A full year of Andrew Abbott this year, too. I think Hunter Green is poised to take a step forward, too. I don't know if he's going to win a Cy Young, but I think he can continue to get better, especially as he works on that fastball and how it's just straight as an arrow. But that lineup is going to be a problem. They're going to have a full year of Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacio Strand. They're trying to trade Jonathan India because they just don't have any room for him, and that'll get you something, whether that's a Dylan Cease or some other pitcher that's out there and on the market. Obviously, Corbin Burns unavailable now, so Cease is going to be the next name. But I think the Reds could add still to that pitching staff, which would be massive for them. I think that they're the value play in the division. I like the Cardinals growing up. I'm now more of just a general baseball fan, if nobody could tell. But I think the Cardinals definitely have warts. I get why they're the favorites. They have two MVP caliber players in the lineup with Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. But that rotation is dicey at best. Even if Sonny Gray comes in and stabilizes things. I mean, like Kenny said, Steven Matz is your four. Ugh, no thanks. I'm way good on that. I think the Reds just have way more upside, and they nearly won this division last year. Yeah, 22-1 to 1 right now to win the National League. Mark, what about you? Are you kind of in the camp that like you just think it's going to be one of these top three teams, or do you see a surprise team maybe that you think is worth taking a bet on in the National League? I'm not sure. Like, it's not that I'm locked in on these top three teams. Like, I think there could be another mm-hmm. team that, that could sneak in there. But I'm more interested to see, like, how teams – like, last year there were these, you know, teams that spent a ton of money. You look at the Padres, you look at the Mets, and they completely underwhelmed. And I'm trying to figure out now is, like, what team on the board or do we have the least confidence is the division winner? And then can we reverse engineer it and look for value, like, within that division? So, like, what do you guys think? Like, if there's, like, a division winner – out there on the odds board now that we're really not confident in, we think shaky, that we think could have, you know, a really disappointing season like we saw out of the Padres and Mets after they spent a ton of money. Yeah, I think Jake hit it. I think it's certainly the Reds. I mean, the NL Central would be the team would be the division for me that I, I would attack mm-hmm. just because like, I mean, my whole life, the last 20, 25 years, like the Cardinals usually don't put together two bad seasons, but it certainly could happen just the way that pitching staff is built. And, you know, outside of Nolan and Goldschmidt, like, really, what are you going to get? I mean, in the National League East, like, it's just, it's tough for me to see anybody outside the Braves or the Phillies, you know, winning that division. I think the Nationals mm-hmm. might be a year ahead of schedule. They certainly played better than 
people thought last year, but they still got a long way to go. The Marlins still got a ways to go as well. And then, you know, the Mets kind of went all in last year with Verlander and Scherzer. That didn't work out. They traded both of them away. And even though they got some prospects, I think they're still like a year or two away. They, and their stars didn't play like stars last year. You know, Lindor took a step back. Alonzo's just home run or bust at this point. And then the National League West is where it could get interesting potentially. But the Dodgers are just such a machine. And they just are so good in the regular season. They just can wake up and win 100 games in their sleep. Like, that's that's not the issue for them. So even though I think the Diamondbacks and Padres maybe could contend in, like, June and July, like we see every year when it gets to August, September, the Dodgers just have another gear, and they kind of pull away from everybody else. So for me, the NL Central would kind of be the only division up for grabs. Jake, do you feel any differently? Like, do you think it's either the Braves, Phillies, and then the Dodgers in those divisions? Do you see anybody else maybe contending? So I think we're not giving the Diamondbacks nearly enough credit, and they're the first of two teams that I've circled into divisions. The Diamondbacks got better. They added Eduardo Rodriguez, who for the first three quarters of the year was nearly unhittable. He was awesome. And now he goes to Arizona, to the National League, a park that he's comfortable in, that he's pitched in before. I think that's a perfect fit because he doesn't have to be the ace either. He has to be their three, maybe even their four. I think that's great for him. I think that's a ton of pressure off his shoulders. And I think this lineup's going to continue to get better. I mentioned Corbin Carroll. He could be a legitimate 30-30 guy. I don't think Kenny Ducey gives this lineup enough credit. They added Eugenio Suarez. Suarez and the trade with Seattle, that's a guy who's going to give you 30 home runs and replaces the ghost of Evan Longoria, who was giving you Zippo. This guy now gives you 30 home runs off the bat like that. So that's an immediate improvement. You're going to see Jordan Lawler, who's one of the top prospects in baseball, probably by opening day. And he's got an amazing hit tool. He covers everything at the plate. He's got really good power that could develop into 25 home run power at some point, even if it doesn't right off the bat. He's going to be an asset for them. They bring Lourdes Gurriel Jr. back, which is huge for them. They had Jock Peterson to be their DH now, too. We know what that guy can do, especially in the postseason. I think the Diamondbacks have a shot at the division. I think we're undervaluing them completely now, just because the Dodgers have the glitz and the glam, and even though that the Diamondbacks didn't acquire anybody who blows your mind, they still added some really good pieces that they needed, too, that were glaring holes for them, which is why, even though they went to the World Series, it ended up not really being a contest because they had these weaknesses, and they addressed them, and addressed them with really quality quality players. And then on the other side of this coin, another division that I think we're undervaluing a team. It's in the AL. It's the other weakest division in baseball. It's the AL Central. The Guardians and the Twins don't scare me. They never have. They never will. They are very exceptionally average franchises. Great. Well done. I think there's value on the Royals. I've been banging this drum for like two months at this point because the Royals opened at 30 to one. And I thought that was outrageous. Since then, they've added Hunter Renfro, Michael Waka, Seth Lugo. And I know none of these guys blow you away. You're like, okay, these are just dudes. Great. But also the Royals were basically throwing the three of us out there for most of their games last year. These are actual <laughs> baseball players. Now you add into that Bobby Witt jr. Who I think is going to be in the MVP conversation. Damn near. Will was last year. You had Vinny Pescantino back at first base. He's healthy. Now he's saying he feels better than ever. I know best shape of his life season. Salvador Perez is still there. They have a lot of really good young players. And now they added actual baseball players around those guys too. And I think they might even bring Zach Grinky back to be their 
five just for funsies because, you know, nostalgia and feels. The Royals are still about nine, 10 to one out there. I still think that's not. And that's not short enough. They're still too long. I still think there's value there. I think this Royals team could really surprise some people. And I'm going to say I hit them for the division a couple times at 30, at 20, at 17. I like this Royals team. I think they have a real shot to win the AL Central. Yeah, man, you got some good prices. 30 to 1, 20 to 1, like you said. They're plus 900 right now on BetMGM. The Twins are favored to win the Central, minus 125, followed by Detroit at plus 350, Guardians at plus 375. And then those White Sox, 40 to 1 to win the AL Central. Mark, the White Sox have fallen quite a bit. Do you remember a couple years ago when everybody thought they were going to contend? Not, not so much the case anymore. Yeah, I remember when everyone thought they were going to get Bryce Harper. Remember they tried that and that didn't work out. Luckily, yes. he came to Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, Dude. those free agent swears are great. Man, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, it certainly worked out for your Phillies. Bryce has uh, led him to a World Series and an NLCS going pretty well. We're going to talk about the American League. Jake with some good stuff there in the AL Central. We'll look at the AL East and the AL West here. Next, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller here on a Wednesday. We're going to be with you guys for the rest of the week. Tomorrow and Friday, Nick and Ken, the week off after football, but the grind doesn't stop. We still got a lot of great stuff going on. One of my favorite golf events of the entire year, Mark. Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club. That starts tomorrow. Tyler Morales is going to hop on with us. Final segment of the show, we're going to give out all of our golf bets. We obviously got pitchers and uh, catchers reporting, talking some baseball. We talked some college football earlier in the show. Obviously, a huge NBA slate today. College basketball, some big games that we'll get into in a bit as well. But we talked about the National League last segment. So let's turn our attention to the American League. Jake provided some great stuff on the Royals in the AL Central. That division certainly up for grabs. I mean, when the Tigers are like plus 350 to win the division, you know that it's certainly gettable. The Guardians likely to take a step back now that Terry Francona is retiring, one of the best managers in the sport. So they likely not going to be as good. Maybe some opportunity for the Royals at plus 900. The best division in baseball, however, though, is the American League East. The Orioles were able to win it last year with 101 wins. But however, Mark... They are plus 200 to win it this year. They trail the Yankees, who are plus 145. Blue Jays, plus 475. The Rays, plus 700. And the Red Sox are 13 to 1. This is interesting. I can't wait to uh, get Jake's thoughts on this because I got a good question for him, and I'm interested to see where he goes. But, Mark, what are your thoughts on the AL East? Who would be your pick to win this division? I think it's the most polarizing division in baseball, possibly, because you have the Yankees. Oh, yeah. They have the star power, right? They go out, and you're going to have Soto and Judge hitting back-to-back, right? So it's going to be a nightmare for pitchers. You know, they, they got Garrett Cole. Um, and then you have the Orioles, who took a huge step last year. Can they maintain that type of success? Um, Toronto, I think we always want to believe in Toronto, but they just never get the job done. And then Tampa, we have no idea why we believe in them because they get so much out of, you know, a limited roster. So, and then you have the Red Sox there at the end. But I, I, how it plays out, like, it's really tough. Like, I think this is 
probably one of the most divisions that's up for grabs. I mean, the Yankees have the star power, but are those guys going to break down as the season progresses? So it certainly is the best division in baseball. I mean, you had three teams last year make the postseason, the Orioles, the Blue Jays, and the Rays. Um, I mean, you know, the Orioles, I think, have a chance to be one of the better teams in baseball. They won 101 games last year. Then they add Corbin Burns to their roster. They're going to bring in Jackson Holiday, who might start opening day for them. Adley and Gunner are, like, legit MVP candidates. Might have one of the most best rotations in baseball. Like, when John Means is your number four starter, a healthy John Means, doing something right. So the O's certainly be good. I mean, the Yankees are going to be, it's like betting on the Cowboys, right? Or the Lakers and yeah. in a sports betting market. Like you're always going to have that tax. The lineup, sure. Like you said, star power, Judge Soto, great players, top two favorites to win AL MVP. But like they're going to be injured. We know that's coming. And Kenny said mm -hmm. it, like they prioritize on base percentage and home runs. And when they're not doing either of those things, they really struggle. And their starting rotation has a lot of question marks. Garrett Cole, fantastic. Might win Cy Young again. After that, though, is Stroman going to have the year that he did last year with Chicago? Is Rodon going to produce for them? I mean, after that, like what does their four and five starters situation look like? Is Boone the kind of manager that's going to get the most out of his roster? So I'm not sold on the Yankees. The Blue Jays are the team that really intrigues me the most because on paper, I like the roster. A lot of veteran guys, a lot of guys that you know could be in the AL MVP hunt, a lot of all-stars on that roster. But you watch them play, Mark, and just like the pieces don't gel. Like it just it feels like mm -hmm. they don't enjoy playing with one another. Like it's just like hard watching the Blue Jays, where like some of these other teams, it just comes easy for them. Tampa Bay, to me, like the I think of is the, the Orioles. Best. The Orioles look like they're having so much fun playing together, and Toronto is the exact opposite. Well said. Exactly right. So that's why I'm out on the Blue Jays. Tampa Bay, I don't love them in the division as much as I love them in the American League as a whole. Tampa Bay just wakes up and they win like 90, 95 games. And so what? They mm -hmm. lost Glasnow. They lost some other guys. And now we're completely writing them off. Please. It's Tampa Bay. The Red Sox at 13 to 1, I think is laughable. I think they should be like 25, 30 to 1. Like they maybe even should be more than that. I really don't see a path for the Red Sox to win this division. Again, they have some stars. Their lineup can hit a little bit, but their pitching isn't near the caliber of some of these other teams in the division. So I think the Red Sox at 13 to 1 is uh is the worst bet that you can make in this division. Which brings me to my question because I know Jake is uh Jake is completely out on the Yankees this year. But Jake, I want to know, in your opinion, is it a worse bet for people to take the Yankees at plus 145 or the Red Sox at 13 to 1 to win the AL East? Uh, I mean, I would I would love to say the Yankees, but it's the I mean, if if you're betting the Red Sox, I'll book you, pal. Hit my Venmo, hit my DMs. Cause yeah, I would love to say the Yankees. Listen, lesser men would get posted on the BetQL account on the reels. We're saying that the Yankees stink, and then would be in the comments with people saying, Oh, you must be a Red Sox fan or a Mets fan, or you don't know ball. Listen, lesser men would back down. But let me tell you all something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I know ball, all right? And I know that usually is not something that somebody who knows ball needs to say. But I got people saying, oh, you're a Mets or Red Sox fan. I'm very clearly from Chicago. Do any amount of research. Any amount of research. I make it very clear where I'm from on all my socials. Listen, I get it. Everybody wants to believe in the big bad Yankees and their star power. And that's great. And I can't believe I have to do this whole rant again. 
Open your eyes, especially the rotation. Garrett Cole's awesome. He's a beast. Great. Look how much that got you at the height of his powers last year. Are you really counting on Carlos Rodon to help you that much? He was hurt and also bad all of last year. Marcus Stroman was great for half a season. And then guess what? He did the same thing Marcus Stroman does Every single year, he falls apart, the luck runs out, and the ground ball rates and the hard hit rates come back to bite him. Happens every single year, and also he always has some weird injury that he misses like three to four or five starts. That rotation for the Yankees isn't great. Also, Aaron Judge has put together one healthy season in his career. He won MVP. That's great. Are you really counting on that, though? And all the people telling me, oh, well, whenever one of those guys goes down, Jason Dominguez will be there. Jason Dominguez's elbow exploded. You're not seeing him this year. Anyway, the Yankees did a good job. They added Alex Verdugo. They added Trent Grisham, and that's going to help when those guys go down. I just don't see any value in this team because they're going to be such a roller coaster of a team that they shouldn't be the AL, AL East favorite. I, I get why they are because of Soto and Judge and the potential, but I don't see it. I already placed a bet on the Yankees to miss the playoffs at 3-1 to one because that's an insane price. It should be way closer to 2 or plus 150. Three to one is a crazy price for the Yankees. I think this is the Orioles division. They got obviously better with Corbin Burns. Kyle Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez were two of the best pitchers in baseball down the stretch as it was. Now they had Burns. All those young guys are another year older. The bullpen might be a little dicey with Craig Kimbrell, but I think that the Orioles have the star power. And like Mark said, they like playing together enough. It seems like they're having a ton of fun that I think that the power of friendship and the raw talent is going to get them there at the end of the day. Guys, I can't wait to see what their home run celebration is this year. They had the home run chain two years ago last year, the bird bath, right, with the Homer hose and all that. Adley, like, is so creative with that stuff, so I can't wait to see. Jake, what are your thoughts on the Rays? I don't like them so much in the AL East, but I like them maybe in the AL at 16 to one, just because like we do this every year with Tampa, right? You have so many, it's the Astros and it's the Yankees. And now the Rangers won the world series and the Orioles are the fun team that everybody loves. And we just forget about Tampa every year. And now they lose glass now and nobody's talking about them. Do you like the Rays? Like, would you bet them anyway, division, American league, you know, wins anything? Yeah, I do think seven to one is too long of a price for the Rays to win this division. Like you said, they wake up, they win 90 games. This is just what they do. I don't think that the Tyler Glasnow trade is going to hurt them nearly as much as people think. Ryan Pepio was in Los Angeles and he was pitching well. Does anyone think that the Rays, a arm factory, aren't going to turn him into an all-star, if not this year, in a couple of years? And Johnny LaDuca, the position player that they got back to, the outfielder they got back, he posted some really solid splits and some really solid peripheral numbers that make you think he could become a solid above average player as well for the race. I know they lost Wander Franco. We obviously don't have to get into that, but he was a star player, but they're going to replace him with junior Caminaro, who is also one of the top prospects in baseball who projects to be as good, if not better than Franco. And so I think plugging him in the lineup, he played in the postseason for them at 19 years old. That's crazy. And he's going to get a full off season with the major league team, a full spring with the major league team. They're going to give him 
every chance to win that starting shortstop job. And then basically they just have to hold on in the rotation between Zach Eflin and Aaron Savali and Taj Bradley, who I think is going to take a step forward too after he posted some electric strikeout numbers last year. They just got to hold on until, speaking of elbows exploding, Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs come back because those guys went under the knife early in the year last year, especially Springs. He got Tommy John in April. He'll probably be back in April or May, and he was awesome before his elbow exploded. RIP to my 201 ticket on him, but... I think that they just got to hold on to the rotation and they're going to make it work with the bullpen anyway. If they got to go with an opener for, you know, one or two days a week, the Rays have no problem doing that because they have a million bullpen arms. I think that seven to one is a little bit too long on them, but I still think at the end of the day, this is the Orioles and the next part per team isn't particularly close. Yeah, the Rays, man, they are they are something else in uh, just every every year. They're just always there, and they can withstand injuries as good as any team in baseball. Mark, when you look at the AL MVP market, you know you got Judge at the top plus five fifty, Soto plus six hundred, Alvarez plus nine hundred, Seager, Julio Rodriguez. Is there anybody that you like for AL MVP? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some guys in the middle of the board, like Julio Rodriguez. Like, he obviously shows the talent to where he can put up, you know, massive numbers there. Um, I, I think, you know, when you look at the top of the board with the Yankees, you know, Judge, Soto, is intimidating as they are and as good as they're going to be in that lineup, you nailed it. Like, can you bank on how much they're going to play this year because of injury? Because, you know, they always end up on the shelf for some period of time. So I think you got to look a little further down, but um, I think Julio Rodriguez at 12 to one's worth a shot. Yeah. There's some interesting names on, on these, on this board. Like if you're a believer in Toronto, I think Bo Bichette 30 to one could be interesting. I really mm -hmm. like Gunner at 18 to one. Think he could have a big year. We were talking with Kenny, like Mike Trout at 22 to one, just seeing that name with that price next to it. I feel like I just got to bet it just because it's Trout. Uh, and if he stays healthy, maybe he could be in the conversation. It's tough not to like Seager, though, at 10 to 1. Like, that dude just rakes, man. And they're going to have so much protection around him in that lineup. He plays in such a good hitter's ballpark. Seager would probably be my play at 10 to 1 if I had to make one. Jake, anything you like for AL MVP? I know there's a long shot bet uh, for the Cy Young Award, too, that you like. Yeah, uh, AL MVP really quick. It's hard to pick somebody out that outside of the top. I mean, Julio, I think he's going to bounce back from his kind of down season last year, but somebody I mentioned earlier, I think Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be in this mix. He was seventh last year, put together a 30-30 season. He's going to get another year better, and he started really slow last year. In like April and May, he was a zero at the plate. He was nada. So I think if he can just hit the ground running, he's going to be able to be in this race. He's going to rack up a bunch of stats, and if the Orioles surprise, he's going to be the face of that, and that's going to get him some brownie points as well. As far as the AL Cy Young goes, I love finding these guys at 100, 150, 201. I did it twice last year with Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen. RIP, because as I said, their elbows exploded. But there's another 200 to 1 I like. It's in Seattle, which is a big park. It's Bryce Miller. And he's a guy who he was a rookie last year. He came up, he hit the ground running like that. Like he, his first 10 starts were unbelievable. He was getting everybody out. He was in the AL rookie of the year race because nobody had really grasped it by then, but he was in that race and he was getting some serious consideration. Then he was a pitcher and didn't win. And then Gunnar Henderson won shout out to me. No big deal. But anyway, Bryce 
Miller is somebody who has already had major league success. He's in a good ballpark for conducive to pitching conditions. He's going to be on a team that we think is going to be halfway decent at least. And he's already still tweaking his game. He tweeted that he's adding a split finger fastball as well. His release points are something that he has to work on a little bit, but he went to driveline baseball over the offseason, said that's something he's working on. And the numbers, the raw numbers themselves, he's got plus location. He's got plus stuff across his fastball and his breaking stuff and his curveball. I think that when you add that all together, it adds up to a really compelling or what could be a really compelling case for Cy Young. And at 200 to one, he could get two, three starts in here and that's cut in half. So this is a numbers play for me. This is a potential play for me. And what's really big for me here is he's had that prior success in the major leagues. That's huge. You're not counting on somebody for a bounce back. You're not counting on a young guy to take that leap. We've seen it. He's had the flashes of brilliance already. We've seen him have these dominant type performances where it makes you think, okay, he could have something like that over a full season, especially now with a full season under his belt and now knowing how to pitch to hitters. I think he's got a ton of potential and I think the number's wrong. It's a good case to be made 200 to one there on Bryce Miller for Seattle, who, uh, like Jake said, really made a splash when he came up last year. We're 23 minutes away from the game of the year in college basketball, Detroit and IUPUI. We'll tell you why that is next. Tyler Morales also going to join us to give out his best bets at the Genesis Invitational. PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller wrapping up the show next. Come on and join us. We had Kenny Ducey on talking some MLB. Denton Day talks some college football with him. We had Pat Boyle uh, and Ben Wittenstein join us as well. Talk to NBA with both of those guys. Make sure you go check out the You Better You Bet podcast uh, with Mark and myself. We're wrapping up the show here. Mark and I will be with you tomorrow as well. We're going to get to talk some golf. Get in all of our bets here for the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club, one of my favorite PGA Tour events of the year. Absolutely love Riviera. Tiger is back this week, which is going to create a lot of excitement for people. And we got a star-studded field. Anybody that's not on live who's still on the PGA Tour and they're a big star, they're playing this week. So it's going to be an awesome event. As I mentioned, Mark, yesterday on the show, some guys that I am looking at. First off, the two that you got to take this week, even if it's just top 20 or top 10, you got to take Max Homa and you got to take Adam Scott. Homa has played this course four straight years and he's finished in the top 10 all four of those times. He won it back in 2021. He's an LA kid. He grew up going to this event. This is the event that he always wanted to win and he always plays well here. So Max Homa plus 140 top 10 finish. Absolutely a play for me. And also Adam Scott's got to be a play. He has played last eight times he has played here. He's finished in the top 11 five of those times. He is also a pass winner at the Genesis Invitational, and he's in pretty good form as well. Just had a nice showing at the Waste Management Open. Adam Scott's like minus 120 on BetMGM to finish in the top 20. So bet him top 20, bet him top 10 as well, like plus 250. Some good prices on both of those guys. And then my guy that I'm riding with this week is Victor Hovland. Little worried because he's got a little bit of an injury, but if he's right, Mark, this course should really set up well for him. This is a major championship-type venue. I think in like 2038 or somewhere down the road, they're playing like the U.S. Open or the PGA here. So every golfer, every caddy loves this course because there's really no tricks. Everything's out in front of you. You got to be a good ball striker, which Hovland is. He's a much-improved scrambler and putter. 
And uh, I think he could perform pretty well here. So Victor Hovland, I'm looking at. Also like Colin Morikawa, he's had a couple of top six finishes his past couple of years here. Mm-hmm. I think he could be a factor. And then my long shot, because all that's happened this year on the PGA Tour is long shots of one. I'll take Denny McCarthy at 66 to one. Denny's one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. These greens at Riviera are extremely fast. So I think Denny could pick up some strokes on the field with his putting. And he's the kind of guy, the tougher the course, the better the field, the better he tends to play. So Denny McCarthy, my launch, my long shot this week at 66 to one. Let's bring in Tyler Morales, get his thoughts on what he likes this week at the Genesis Invitational. Tyler, what you got? All right, I got five outrights. I took two guys at the top and then three long shots. So I agree with PJ. Colin Morikawa, BetMGM is your home for Colin Morikawa. He's 18-1 to there. I would wait a little bit, though, because his numbers are starting to drop. And on some, like, offshore sites, I'm starting to see 20s on him. So I would wait before to bet Colin Morikawa. He's not long off the tee. You you have to hit the ball far here. But he makes up with the long irons. Great record here, sixth and second in his last two events. And one reason I really like him is, like, you have to get the par fives here. He's in top ten in every par, par five statistic. So we like him. I, he burned me a lot. Well, he really didn't burn me. The weather screwed me up. But Ludwig Ober, I'm going to go back to. Course history and trends like like don't matter for this guy. He's one of the best players on tour already. He's already won once on the PGA at, at the RSM. Played in the Ryder Cup. Won the European Masters. With how with how watered down this current version of the PGA Tour is, with all the guys leaving to live, like he can win anywhere, and he's already one of the best players on tour. Twenty to one. I mean, you can find him at twenty to one, twenty-two to one. Ober, we're going to keep betting him. And here's some long shots, and I put top fives on all these guys as well. Zalator is 60 to 1. Might be a little early on him, but he's trending in the right direction. And the broomstick putter, which I think is like a kind of cheating for some of these golfers because it's so easy to putt with. It's starting to work and he's playing really well. So we're going to go 60 to 1. Nikolai Hoygaard, a guy, me and Ken Barkley have been dying to bet this season. He's a PGA rookie, obviously hasn't won on tour yet, but he's a winner. He's won three times in Europe in like big boy events, beating Fleetwood, Hovland, guys like that. His first signature event on the PGA Tour finished second place. Last 36 rounds, number one in driving distance, and most of the approach shots are going to come from 150 to 200. He's top 20 in those d- distances. Love Hoygaard. I think we're going to get a few wins from him this year. And Kirk Kitayama, but MGM, you're home for Kirk Kitayama as well. He's 80 to 1. It seems like he's found something. He had a bad approach week by his standards. That's one of his better uh, skill sets, and he still finished eighth. One of, of elevated event at the Arnold Palmer last year. One of my favorite long shots in some time. And the people just have to bet Tiger Woods. I actually like him in a matchup this week. He's paired up with Nick Dunlap, the, guy, the kid that won the American Express uh, from Alabama and turned pro. Nick Dunlap finished last place in the last signature event, and his PGA Tour finishes have not been good when he has played. And he, listen, he played well at the American Express, but he really won because Sam Burns won the water on 17. So we really shouldn't even be seeing him in this field. So I, I'm pretty sure Tiger Woods is a dog to Nick Dunlap. So I know Tiger Woods hasn't played well at Riviera in his, in his career. I'm going to take that and hope Nick Dunlap finishes in last place again. So Morikawa, Aubert, and then long shots, Will Zao, Torres, Nikolai Hoygaard, and Kurt Kitayama will put top fives on all the long shots as well. Love it. Love it. And I like that matchup, too, with Tiger going up against Dunlap. Mark, anything for you? I know you're not the biggest golf guy, but we got a signature event this week, star-studded field. Anybody that you're looking at? Yeah, I'm looking at Sam Burns. I, I like him coming off third place finish at Waste Management, third top 10 finish of 2024. So coming in in good forms, played there historically. Um, we're seeing a number come up, you know, come down to 22 to 1 now. So it uh, looks like he's taking a little bit of money, but I'm probably going to be on Sam Burns, might play a little first round leader. My question to you, Peach, is is there anybody at the top of the board that we should be looking to fade that we could target going against in like head to head matchups? 
It's a good because question. I think the two, yeah, the two for me that I'm fading are Justin Thomas and uh, Jordan Spieth would be the two guys. Thomas is kind of hit or miss here at Riviera. He'll have some mm-hmm. good rounds, and then he'll have some events where he's not so good. He's not a good putter, though. And again, these greens are really tough. Like, Riviera doesn't have any water on the entire course, right? Their defense is that their fairways are narrow, and these greens are really fast. So if you struggle with the speed of the greens, then you're probably not going to not going to have a good week and the comp course for Riviera usually guys that tend to play Augusta pretty well tend to play Riviera well for the most part and JT has had his years where he's done okay at Augusta and he hasn't done okay that's kind of how he is at Riviera but his price at like 14 16 to 1 no way am I betting that and then Jordan Spieth would be my other one he's never finished better than ninth here and this is just one of those courses that really doesn't suit him all that well You don't have to be great off the tee to play well at Riviera, but it certainly helps because, again, the greens are so fast that if you get in the rough, it's just so hard to put the ball on the green. So I think Spieth and Justin Thomas would be the two guys that I would look to fade this week. Before we give out our best bets really quick, Mark, any games in the NBA that you're excited to watch but maybe didn't place a bet on tonight? Uh, yeah, so I got two bets in the NBA tonight that we can hit. Um, I like Indiana minus the uh, minus the three and a half points. I think them coming off that bad loss to Charlotte, they can cover this short number. I know we talked about that a little bit. Um, and the other game I like that, you know, Ben was on the other side. He likes the Bulls. I like the Cavs laying the points here. The Cavs coming off that loss to the Sixers, really underwhelming, snapped their streak. Um, and Chicago just not has not been a great road team, 8-11-1 um, as a road dog this year. So I think it, uh, Cleveland comes out, puts out a strong effort, and covers that number. All right, very nice. Time for the dope-ass beat here as we got about three and a half minutes left on the show. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM reward points. Can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens or converted to MGM reward points that can be used towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com today. Also download the BetQL app for all the tools you need to take down sports books, including five-star plays like Tyler Hero over five and a half rebounds. Mark, is there anything that you've done with NBA All-Star Weekend or anything like that? Or are you going to wait later in the week till you dive into that? Probably going to wait later in the week. So I'm sure we'll have some good stuff Friday queued up for the people. Uh, you know, a lot of fun yep. events there. So. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite bets tonight in college basketball Mark, I am just like, I shouldn't be as excited for this game as I am, but when we have an 0-26 team that is favored like the Detroit Mercy are tonight, uh, that's going to get me fired mm-hmm. up. And they're favored by 5.5 against IUPUI, which is just, they're an absolute national treasure. Mark, last year this team, they sent out a tweet. They sent out a flyer to students on campus. They were so bad. They needed to pull kids off of their campus to help their basketball team. That's how bad they were. Well, flash forward now, fast forward a year now uh, to Detroit and IUPUI. And even though they're 6-20, and they're five-and-a-half-point dogs on the road tonight. I'll take Detroit. That game is – that's a market indicator for me. One of my favorite bets, I like Auburn, minus 11-and-a-half against South Carolina. Top 15 matchup, South Carolina might be the best story – in college basketball this season, they were picked preseason to finish last in the SEC. And now here they are with the win tonight. 
and they got a great chance at maybe winning the SEC regular season. Problem for them is they're going into one of the toughest environments, not only in the SEC, but in all of college basketball. Ever since Bruce Pearl has gotten to Auburn, this has been one of the toughest places to play in college basketball. To begin, Auburn's already got one of the top defenses in the country, but on their home floor, they are really, really tough to beat. So I'll take Auburn minus 11 and a half tonight against South Carolina. And then give me Maryland minus five and a half against Iowa. She's just one of those typical Big Ten games where I'm taking the home team. Maryland's got one of the best defenses in the country. Iowa's got a very good offense, but they don't play a lick of defense. And I think Maryland being at home, their defense will be able to stop Iowa's offense. And I think Maryland's going to be able to score some points on that Iowa defense as well. So three favorites for me tonight in college basketball, Detroit minus five and a half, Auburn minus 11 and a half and Maryland minus five and a half against Iowa as well. And then in golf, give me Victor Hovland and Denny McCarthy as my outrights at the Genesis Invitational at Riviera. Thanks again to Ben, Pat, Denton and Kenny Ducey for joining the show. It was a great one. Mark and I back with you tomorrow here on You Better You Bet, talking some more MLB. We'll dive into some more college football, college basketball as well on a terrific Thursday. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Good luck on all your bets the rest of the night. We'll see you tomorrow. You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, BetMGM tonight, live from the DC studios. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to You Better You Bet. Up next, it's BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.